0: Boom. Mm-hmm. Hello, this is Ahuka. Welcome to Hacker Public Radio and to the next in our ongoing series on LibreOffice Writer. What we have done in the last few episodes is we introduced the idea of paragraph-level styles. We showed how to create or, in some cases, modify the styles so that they work the way you want them to. Uh, But I think at this point, it probably makes a little bit of sense to start tying up uh, what's going on here because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to create all these styles if you don't understand, in terms of your workflow, how you're going to actually use them when you are creating documents. And so I want to spend a little bit of time on that uh, today. Okay. Now, depending on the situation... Let's say it, you're going to create some uh, some new text. You know, you're starting a brand new document or whatever. Uh, you know, in a case like that, um, you know, it's not terribly hard. Okay, um, so um, you can. Um, uh, I did recently at uh, Ohio Linux Fest. I opened a, a, a class there. All right, I was uh, given a chance to do. It's about a two hour class for newcomers, and the idea was that I would do a brief look at all of LibreOffice. Uh, that's a lot to do in two hours, okay so um you you want to get people's attention, so uh I, what I did is uh, uh you know, on my laptop, I just opened up a new document and then just took my hands. You know, made a big deal out of just taking my hands off the keyboard the minute it opened, and turned to everyone and said, "What do you see?" Now, it it took a few moments for them to start getting into it, but but soon they started pointing out, "Oh, the document started with a heading one." Yep, that's right. Then they noticed, "Hey, the cursor—well, technically the insertion mark, because there is a difference—was in the middle of the line." Yeah course I had set my default template to always start with a heading one, and my style properties for heading one said that it would be centered. Then they noticed that the font was Liberation Sans, that it was bold, that the size was oh something like 17 point something points, whatever the equivalent of the hundred and forty-five percent that I had set in my properties. So that's a lot of settings already in place just for opening a document. So then I typed a title for my document, probably something really brilliant like this is a test document, and then very dramatically and ostentatiously used one finger to press the Enter key. And this immediately jumped down two lines because my Heading 1 style included a blank line after the Heading 1 object in my properties. Remember, we talked about that when we talked about headings. It also jumped to the left of the page and changed the style to heading 2 with a font of Liberation Sans, size 16, bold, and italic. Well, this happened because in my properties for heading 1, I had set it that the next style would always be heading 2. And all of the rest of the settings were part of the properties for heading 2. Again, I got a lot done just for one press of a key. So I then typed a subsection setting. You know, again, something really brilliant like, this is my first major section. And then, again, very dramatically used one finger to press the Enter key. This time it jumped two lines, just as before, because my style properties for heading two also included a blank line after. But instead of being all the way to the left margin, it was indented a half inch. And then you could see that the style had just changed to paragraph because my properties for heading 2 specified that the next style should be paragraph. The font had just changed to Liberation Serif 12 point, and there was no bold or italic. Of course, this was all from my paragraph style properties. I typed a few sentences, and then did the one finger press of the Enter key one more time, and it jumped down two lines. Yes, I add a blank line after the paragraph style as well. It was already indented again and ready for my next paragraph. This was because my paragraph style properties said the next style should be paragraph. Now, the the point of this is that a one-time investment in setting this up can yield time savings forever. Now, <clears throat> what we were looking at there is a situation where we had a lot of pre-programmed stuff going in. It said, uh, with this style, follow with this other style next, and so on as I say, all based on probabilities. What happens if that's not where you want to go next? Okay, there's there's going to be situations where you need to kind of change things on the fly. All right, so how do we do that? Well, that's not hard either. Uh, if you take a look at your LibreOffice Writer screen, there is a drop-down box right above that, that docked Styles and Formatting window on the left darn well better have that docked on the left or I'm going to get you. So right above that is uh, a drop-down box and it may be saying something like paragraph or whatever Uh, if you have a completely unmodified LibreOffice it might say something like text body or something. Um, So that is called the apply style drop-down. So to use that you place your blinking insertion mark anywhere within the object you want to apply the style to. This is commonly done by just clicking on it. Now, I distinguish between a cursor and an insertion mark. They really are two different things, and people use them interchangeably, and, and, and that's just sloppy thinking. So what's the difference? My cursor is the thing the mouse moves around, all right? which for me kind of looks like an arrowhead and as I move the mouse it's moving all over the screen and I can click and all of that kind of stuff. Insertion mark is, generally speaking, a vertical line that is blinking or flashing in your document and what it's saying is whatever you type on the keyboard is going to show up right here. Okay? Two different things entirely. Um, So, um, let's start using proper terminology so the insertion mark is that blinking thing in the document so you can put your insertion mark in a particular word or paragraph or whatever by simply clicking on it Uh, so all you have to do is put your insertion mark in a paragraph and go to that drop down and select a different style okay that's going to be giving you paragraph level styles up there anyway so select you know, you make it a change a paragraph to a heading or, or what have you. Okay. Um, now, that's good enough. Uh, so for instance, let's say I'm typing along, I've just done three paragraphs and I need to put in another header. Well, what happens? I press the enter key. My definition of the paragraph style says always follow a paragraph with another paragraph. So it will very obediently drops down two lines, indents in a half inch, paragraph is ready to go, and so it's like, OK, but now I want, a, let's say, a Heading 3 to go there. So I go to that dropdown, and I look for Heading 3, and select that, and all of a sudden my insertion mark, instead of being indented a half inch, is going to jump over to the left margin, or jump over to wherever I've set it up for my Heading 3 all right, mine is at the left margin, you know, yours is wherever you put it, Um, and all of a sudden I will have all of the Heading 3 definitions, whatever font, etc., it will instantly change over. Um, You can do it with an existing, let's say you had typed something and it's, oh, wait a minute, Uh, (laughs) for some reason my entire paragraph came out as a Heading (laughs) 3, Which looks really weird. Uh, just put your insertion mark in there, anywhere in the paragraph, and then change the style from Heading 3 to Paragraph, and it'll change it. Now, that that drop down is pretty useful. Uh, it has a few default styles, and it has styles uh, generally that you have already used in this document. But suppose there 's a style that you have not used yet in this document it 's not in the drop down, but it is in your styles and formatting window as a as an available style um, well that 's pretty easy too. Um, so put your insertion mark either you know if it 's on a blank line beginning a, a paragraph level object or put your insertion mark within whatever object you want and double-click on that style in the Styles and Formatting window. And this will both apply the style to that object and add it to the drop-down, because now it sees, oh, yes, this is one that you're using. How can this help you? I'm going to give an example from my own experience. Uh, Some years ago, uh, I was working for a college. I think I've mentioned that before probably in one of these things. And I was given the task of assembling the catalog for the entire college, an annual event. right? I say assembling because writing the content was left to each department. But we have a lot of departments. Some of them are administrative, registrar, financial aid, student activities, blah, blah, blah. Some of them are academic, history, Physics, sociology, uh, music, okay? Um, So in the final analysis, I got documents sent to me from maybe 40 or 50 different departments, and no two of them were done the same way. It was a mess. Now, I I can't publish a catalog by just sticking all these things together in one big document and, uh, and sending it out. It would would just be horrible. So what I had to do is create some uniformity. So the first thing I did was take each document submitted to me, and fortunately it was all electronic submissions. Uh, Otherwise I probably would have just quit my job and moved to Argentina or something. But uh, it was all electronic, so what I had to do is at first I had to go through and start assigning styles functionally. Okay, I, I, I didn't care how each style would look at this point. I just needed to understand this is a heading two, this is a heading three, this is a paragraph, and so on. And just go through all of this stuff and just assign styles to each object. Um, So a paragraph is a paragraph, a list is a list, a heading is a heading. None of this had been done on anything because none of the people doing it knew what they were doing except possibly political science because I had a friend in the political science department who actually was a real expert on uh, word processing so he probably did it right uh, but pretty much no one else did headings and lists were the the biggest headache none of the headings were labeled and I need to put them in a logical order which one was a heading one which was a heading two which was a heading three yeah. and it, what tends to happen in cases like this, people, because they think visually rather than think logically, is, you know, they would do things like change the font. You know, I'll make this bigger, I'll make it bold, I'll make it italic. You know, all the stuff that we talked about when we talked about heading styles, you know, that was in there. But you really had to kind of think. Right? And, and, and so uh, each submission I got, there was a heading two. At the very top of that particular document, I see. Now, normally I would have said heading one, but heading one was going to be the title of the whole document, or, or I could have made heading one the each section. It, it's it's not a religious thing. Um, now, with the list, it got really weird. No one used styles. Some of the lists had been done um, using repeated presses of the tab key trying to get things to line up instead of using uh, tab styles with leaders which we had talked about in uh, the last episode Um, and you know, when you know how to do it (laughs) that's really wonderful, but none of them knew how to do it, again, except possibly my friend in the political science department I I don't remember what he submitted at this point so, I had to go through each document and assign the appropriate style to each element of the document. So, fortunately, that's not hard. I just started applying the styles the way I described above. Uh, and, you know, just go to the drop down and say, this is a paragraph, this is a paragraph, this is a heading three, this is a list, and, and so on. Um, and again, I, di- I didn't worry about how it appeared. At this point. I just wanted to get the right functional description there, because I could always change the appearance easily. I could have a 300 page document and say uh, I want to change all of my lists, and all I have to do is change the style for lists and the whole document updates. It's wonderful if you do it right the first time. So. That was uh, that was my example of going through and and putting functional tags on all of these things. Now, how do we change the style properties? Because I said this would be real easy. Okay, that's that's again, that's not too hard. Um, So, my college catalog, 200 pages roughly multiple headings, multiple levels of headings, multiple lists, some numbered, some bulleted, quite a few tab leader lists. Not easy keeping this in order, but styles made it a lot easier. So what happens if some vice president looks at a draft and decides she doesn't like the fact that all heading three styles had italic fonts and asked me to change all of them? Well, I could go through all 200 pages of the document looking for each heading 3 and manually changing each one of them, and I would probably shoot myself. Uh, How mind-numbingly stupid is that? Ah, but no, by using the styles properly, not a problem at all. Uh, All I have to do is just change the definition of the style. Now, let's think about this for a second. What template are we working with? Remember, templates are the containers that hold all of these things. Now, I've talked about the default template. The default template is how I set up all of my documents by default. The default template says when I open LibreOffice Writer and I get that blank page in front of me, what properties is that blank page gonna have? And that's the default template. And it's going to have all of my styles and all of this stuff. Well, uh, in in this particular case, you know, let's think about it. If I'm in my default template, and I need to create a style that I need that has the property. So I I can do a Find and Replace to swap out the styles. Uh, So in this case, I could say I'll create a new Heading 3 style, call it Heading 3 1.1. I, be, I could begin by clicking on Heading 3 once to select it. Should now be highlighted. I then go to the top right of my Styles and Formatting window, which is docked on the left, right, and that is the uh, New Style from Selection dropdown. All right, you found that. So it's at the, it's in the Styles and Formatting window. It's the button on the right says New Style from Selection, it's a drop-down, and it has a paragraph mark on it, so that makes it easy for you to to pick it out. Click it, select New Style from Selection, this will create a copy of the existing style, which you can edit. So change the name to Heading 3, 1.1, and change the font from Italic to one without Italic, then do a Find and Replace. You go to the Edit menu, select Find and Replace. In the window that comes up, make sure you click More Options. Now, this is true in every word processing program I've ever dealt with, and many other programs. Find and Replace gives you a very basic window, and then there's usually something that says, "Ah, if you want to do something more complicated, click here," and then the window expands and gives you all sorts of more options. So, click the More Options in that Find and Replace window, and at the bottom, there's a check, there's a box towards the bottom that says search for styles. So make sure you check that box, and then the search for and replace with dropdowns will be populated with styles. The search for will have all the styles that are in use in your document. And the replace with will have all the styles that are available to you. Now, I said I would do it this way if I was in a document based on my default template. And the reason is I don't want to change my default style definition. If I make this change and save the document, when I go to my next new document, the new style I created will not be there because I never made it part of the template. It will still be in the document itself, but it won't be in my template. Remember, if you want to have uh, a style permanently available to you, you need to save it in a template. Now, in the case of the College Catalog, what I would probably recommend, I, just, I I think the best way to do it is create a specific template just for that purpose. And then I don't have to worry about my default template getting muddied up with what other people want to see in the catalog. It can stay there and I've got a, now I've got a template for the catalog, do exactly what people want, and then I can just modify the style. And that's even faster. So all you have to do is just uh, right click on the style in the styles and formatting window. Uh, Select modify and just go in and change it from italic to one without italic, and you're done. Or, as some people like to say, Bob's your uncle. (laughs) So, uh, you know, this is uh, an example of how you work with all of this stuff in a a day-to-day workflow, and I hope that's going to be useful and helpful to you. Uh, And so this is Ahuka uh, signing off and reminding you, as always, please support free software. Eker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a creative Commons attribution, share Alive. Free our license.